Welcome to Breaking Brad, cooking up only the hottest of takes for you this evening. Is Tom Brady going to be a Miami Dolphin? Yes, it sounds crazy, but the marriage seems inevitable at this point, especially after this story uh, that broke this week. Um, be sure to check out my um, Substack, breakingbrad.substack.com. Uh, I wrote a story earlier this week that focused more on the Patriots side of things, but basically what happened is we learned uh, that Tom Brady was flirting with the Miami Dolphins, not just in 2020, but while he was still with the New England Patriots. Um, if you remember back in 2019, the Patriots had a great start to the season. They started the year 8-0. But they really were not a great team. There was the Antonio Brown kerfuffle. Um, he was there for literally one game before you know all sorts of things came about, came out about him, and it didn't work out very well. And he was cut very quickly. Patriots started eight and zero, but had a very weak schedule. And then it started to get difficult. They went on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. They got beaten badly, and it became very clear this was not a great team. And that's around the time Brady and the Dolphins began having discussions. Now Tom was not punished for this. Um, the Miami Dolphins were were punished, however. They were docked a 2023 first-round pick and a 2024 third-round pick. Not sure why a third-round pick. You know, wouldn't you think you would do, you know, two first rounds or a one and then a two in the, the year after? I don't know, but that's what they got um, docked. Brady is fine. He'll be okay. Uh, but it's really interesting because this offseason, uh, Tom Brady retired and... It hasn't been a very well-kept secret that Brady was basically using the retirement to find his way to the Miami Dolphins. Basically, he retired, was expecting the Bucks to say, okay, Brady's gone, we'll cut his contract, we'll set him loose, we'll move on to the next guy. And then Brady, you know, a few weeks later could say, oh, actually, I want to come back. I'm going to join the Miami Dolphins, and oh, I actually have an ownership stake in the organization. And Brady was basically working on this um, since 2019. Well, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did not bite this offseason. So basically the contingency plan was Brady met with the owner, kind of forced Bruce Arians out. Todd Bowles became uh, the head coach, um, which was really a preference for Brady. And now Brady has one year left on his contract. Tampa Bay, um, Antonio Brown's not coming back. Uh, you know, they lost their starting center, Jensen. Uh, Gronk is out, supposedly. I expect he'll be back. He just wants to skip training camp. But the Bucs are as good as any team in the NFC. It really, it comes down to them and uh, the Los Angeles Rams. In my opinion, the Green Bay Packers may be up there, but I don't think so with the loss of Devontae Adams. I'm not sure they're going to be able to make up for that um, that easily in one one year. And Aaron Rodgers has a big contract now. They can't. They don't have the cap space to bring in the kind of talent there. Uh, but Tom Brady, it's possible that he retires. I mean, he has the Fox Sports deal um, basically waiting for him, but that can happen anytime he wants, whether it's next season or five years down the road, that Fox Sports color commentary role is going to be waiting for him uh, whenever that time comes. And I don't get the idea Brady ever wanted to retire, and I don't think he wants to retire anytime soon. I wouldn't be shocked to see him play to 48-49, even hitting that 50 threshold. Um, assuming he doesn't get hurt between now and week one, he will be the oldest quarterback um, to start in NFL history. Uh, and he's not slowing down. And, and it's 
look, it's not that surprising. Tom Brady has never been very athletic. You know, he's he's quick on his feet to move around in the pocket. He has a good, accurate arm. Hasn't always had the strongest arm, uh, but. You don't have to be super athletic to be a successful quarterback in the NFL. You just have to be disciplined, make quick decisions, be accurate with the football. And that's what Brady is. And he's very smart. And, you know, he sees every defense coming before the snap. And I expect him to continue to play even after the season. But will he return to Tampa? That's the real question. We know this flirting with the Miami Dolphins has been going on uh, for quite some time. So, you know, the Dolphins were docked to pick, uh, obviously. And that may impact whether Brady wants to go there because they are not going to have a first rounder. That being said, I'm not, I haven't bought into Tua like a lot of people have. Um, If Tua has even just a mediocre season, uh, I could see Miami thinking about moving on from him, especially if they have the opportunity to sign Tom Brady in the offseason. And Brady's racked up a lot of money over the years. I know he's taken pay cuts in New England. He's now getting around the max pay in the NFL in Tampa. But Tom still has all these endorsement deals. He still has a lot of money put away. He can get an ownership stake in Miami. And I don't think that's ever really happened before. Uh, but it's something he's been working on for quite some time. It would be weird as a Patriots fan, you know, seeing him back in the AFC East for a different team. Obviously, he didn't want to go there in 2020 because uh, he just didn't have the same receivers, the same offensive line that Tampa had um, going in, and that's the reason he won the Super Bowl in year one. But right now, you know, they added Tyreek Hill. We know uh, Waddle is their number two receiver. I know they lost Devontae Parker, but that is that is a great receiving core to have on day one. And, you know, if they have the opportunity to deal Tua next offseason and sign Tom Brady, then they can, you know, help reinforce that offensive line, bring in the defensive pieces that he wants. And then Brady is now part owner of that organization even after he retires. I think it makes a lot of sense. I personally don't want to see it happen, but... I think it's all but inevitable at this point, um, unless he chooses to retire or he has some really terrible injury uh, this offseason. Uh, but you think Tom Brady having the opportunity to play with Tyreek Hill, I think he'll take that. He's He had Randy Moss, but he's never really had a down-the-field receiver with that kind of speed before. Um, so, you know, maybe Tua breaks out this year and none of this happens. Brady is happy in Tampa, but I just don't see it happening. I think Brady will either spend next season in Miami or he'll somehow find a way to make his way to his uh, childhood team, the San Francisco 49ers, uh, assuming Trey Lance doesn't work out, which uh, I'm skeptical it will. Uh, another idea, too, in Miami, you know, they, they brought in a new uh, head coach this year. We'll see how well that works out. Let's say they take a small step backwards. You know, they're not going to hesitate if they have the opportunity to bring in Sean Payton this offseason. So I can see Tom Brady meeting with Sean Payton, teaming up, joining Miami, Brady taking an ownership role, and then trading Tua to bring in a lot of the other pieces uh, that Brady would like to succeed um, in the AFC East, which, you know, not just the AFC East, the AFC in general is stacked. And that's the only reason I think Brady in the offseason might hesitate um, to go back to the AFC and go to Miami. That being said, I think things have broken down with his relationships in Tampa, and you know, you know, we'll see if Gronk comes back this year. But I have a feeling that Tom's going to be gone this offseason. He has one year left on his contract, obviously. Um, so we'll see how that works out. That's my prediction. Uh, let me know what you think 
in the comments below. Uh, but moving on, we are only just two weeks away, actually I think we're less than two weeks now, um, from the release of Madden NFL 23, and this video game has just been god-awful for a decade, or more than that really, a decade and a half. Ever since Madden stopped having to compete with 2K Sports and they got the exclusive license to the NFL, they just stopped trying. And you understand it, you know, you don't want to put a ton of money into R&D and into developers and pouring it, pouring it into this game that, you know, sports fans, sports gamers are going to buy anyway. And what you've ended up with is a marginally better product every year. And they've taken away a lot of things. I mean, I remember the superstar mode back in, I think it was 2006, 2007, um, really was a lot of fun. You could win rookie of the year. You could find your way to the hall of fame. They, they took that out completely. Um, they basically downgraded the franchise mode. Um, so Madden 23 is coming out in about a week and a half and I'm not expecting a lot, <laughs> but uh, this is a GameSpot article by Mark Delaney uh, outlining, you know, what we can expect in Madden this year. And, you know, there, there's certain things that expectations I have that I've had for five or six years now, and I'm not sure Madden's EA Sports is going to cover it this year. Um, they, they're bringing in something called Field Sense, which is an overhaul to several of the game's on-field mechanics, new tackle animations, and logics have redressed the play-by-play -play nature of the sport, while punch-out fumbles and more gang tackles are meant to bring an added aggression to the game. See, this is this is what Matt at EA Sports has all wrong. They keep adding in these tiny little details. There's always something new you can do every year with the right stick feature. No one cares. No one cares. We want improvements to the game modes. We don't want Madden Ultimate Team anymore. I, I, I don't care about these game cards. Well, I can spend an extra 20 bucks and get Kyler Murray as 90 overall or something. It just it doesn't drive people to buy the game. The only people that buy this game are just the consistent people every year, including myself, unfortunately. Maybe this will be the year I don't actually buy it. Um, that just want to have an updated roster and, and the updated uniforms and the updated stadiums. But, you know, they're bringing in this new field sense uh, system, which is going to help with tackling. Um, it's going to help with, um, you know, QB scrambling in the pocket, better blocking in the trenches, it says. But... I mean, is that really going to drive people to buy the game? Okay, the ratings are updated. Great. Franchise mode. This is what people really want to see, is an update to franchise mode. So let's see what GameSpot says Madden is adding to franchise mode this year. This year's game focuses on improving several of the game's more recent features, such as the scouting system, and makes for a more frenzied free agency period. Okay, let's continue. The biggest takeaways include that your scouting reports during a season will now reveal more relevant information for each player. Rather than unlock a quarterback's break tackle attribute, for example, you're more likely to learn something like throw power or short accuracy. Uh, how is that any better? How is that any better? What do we want to see in franchise mode? We want to see the create a team feature. We want to see, just like in NBA 2K, all this customization. You can build your own stadium. You can change your uniforms. Um, you can do it on year one. You don't have to do this relocation process where you have to wait a year. And then there's only like four teams or three uniforms you can choose from and a variety of cities. 
people don't want that. They want something that they can customize and tailor to something that they, they want to put pink uniforms with purple polka dots. They want to do whatever they can to have fun in franchise mode. And again, it looks like Madden's going to drop the ball on it. How many years in a row are we asking for an update to uh, the create a team function or, or the relocation function in franchise mode? And they just don't bring it. Instead, this year, what they're going to do is they're going to make it harder for you to sign players in free agency. Why would you want that? First of all, if I want a player in free agency, I just turn off the salary cap and then max it out so they sign with the team. Now it says you can't do that as easily. So great, my experience is lessened because of that. Okay, so what else is going on? Face of the franchise, games campaign-like mode, which is so boring in my opinion, so boring. You have NBA 2K, which has basically an identical feature, but... And, and I don't really like the story in NBA 2K. It's not that interesting. But you also have this open world where you can play against a bunch of people. You can customize your player as you'd like. And it doesn't look like Madden's doing that. Um, players will be able to sign as a free agent with the team of their choosing and rebuild a successful career that once generated some buzz after college. Yes. Okay. So... Madden, it's going to be basically all of the same, and you know, it's really disappointing because I, with John Madden passing away um, this year, uh, you know, they're, they're going to honor him in this game, they're going to put him on the cover, and they're just going to churn out another product that maybe is slightly better than last year that's going to disappoint fans. You know, we see slight improvements to the graphics, you know, it got a lot more colorful about three or four years ago, which was nice, but no updates to the, any of the features. If people have been asking for the same thing in franchise mode every year. Those updates are not going to be there. Um, they're not even going to give an open world uh, in, in face of the franchise. Um, so, yeah, you can pre-order in a week and a half or, or and start playing, uh, but not something I really want to do now. Uh, so hopefully, you know, I, I believe I could be wrong about this. Please let me know in the comments. Um, I think Madden's exclusive license with the NFL may be running out. I'm not sure. Maybe that changed recently. But if that's the case and Madden actually has some competition and 2K gets in there, you're going to see a much better Madden game. Now, 2K may be better. Remember the remember the 2K5 game with um, Terrell Owens on the cover uh, back when he was with the Eagles? That game was amazing. They would You'd be in the middle of the game, and it would be halftime, and you'd be playing in franchise mode, and they'd just start playing highlights of some of the other games going on around the league. They would auto-generate highlights um, while you're playing the game. Madden can't even do regular halftime highlights of the game you're playing currently, and that really just shows how much this game has completely fallen apart. Um, hopefully next year is the year. Um, someone's got to get fired at EA uh, to make this game a lot better. Uh, it really is just atrocious um okay so moving on <laughs> from that great madden review you know maybe i'll come back in a couple weeks and say actually this game is a lot better than i was thinking um although i would not bet on it uh boston celtics uh you know i i, I don't think they're gonna get kevin durant um basically jalen brown marcus smart jason tatum robert williams those are the four valuable franchise pieces the celtics have if they get rid of two of those guys for Kevin Durant, they're not any better. And if Durant gets hurt, they're significantly worse and might make the playoffs. So in my opinion, you can only get rid of one of those guys and make and actually improve the team. I'm actually a real fan of trading 
Jason Tatum for Kevin Durant straight up. Your average Celtics fan will say that's nuts, that's crazy, but had those two been swapped out in the NBA Finals this year, I think the Celtics would have won, um, especially with the way you know uh, Tatum was turning the ball over, his poor defense, um, just not stepping up um, in the clutch like he did um, in, in you know the conference finals and the semifinals. But, you know, you have to get rid of Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown. It's not worth it. Robert Williams, not worth it either. I mean, unless it's just Robert Williams. But, you know, assuming Williams can stay healthy, which is a major assumption. I mean, that guy is like a modern-day Bill Russell. You know, the late, great Bill Russell. Uh, he's, he's about the same height as Russell. Not a tall center, but just like world-class high-jumper ability that's what he has, blocking shots, getting back on the other end of the floor and beating the defense in transition. That was Bill Russell's bread and butter. That's who Robert Williams is, and he's extremely young. I can't wait to see what Williams can do in the future. And that's the thing about the Celtics right now, is they quietly made some beautiful moves this offseason. They only got rid of Daniel Tice and uh, uh, Neesmith um, in exchange for Malcolm Brogdon. Do not forget, this team made it to the NBA Finals, had a lead in the Finals. Everyone was predicting they were going to win it until the Warriors got hot at the end um, and the Celtics laid an egg. They made it there without a real point guard. Think about that. How many teams make it that far with, you know, young, developing talent and no point guard. It just doesn't happen. So they made it there. Yes, they have Marcus Smart. I, you know, he, he was able to step into that role. Um, I would like to see Marcus Smart being back to the six-man role off the bench. Not a great ball handler. He should not be heaving up threes the way he is. Having Malcolm Brogdon in there is going to make a huge difference. The moment Brogdon sees Jason Tatum playing iso ball, he's just not going to pass it to him. He's going to say, no, we're, no, we're, not, we're done with this crap. We're going to run the offense. We're going to move the ball. We're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to command this team and make sure that we don't go into these little funks like we did last year in the finals. Brogdon is going to make such a difference. And, you know, whether he's the one starting at the one or it's Marcus Smart, just having him out there is going to be huge. And think about this. So you have Jason Tatum, early 20s, Jalen Brown, um, early mid-20s. They're going to still continue to get better. Robert Williams, if he can stay healthy, obviously going to continue to get better. Um, Al Horford, you know, he's not getting any younger, so maybe he'll take a step back, um, and Robert Williams ideally will take another step forward. But the guy I think you really need to watch, and I wish he had a better finals performance, um, and I wish he had started more fights with Draymond, is Grant Williams. Grant Williams has developed an incredible three-point shot. I think he was around a 40% three-point shooter last year. Uh, if he can take a small leap going into the year, uh, you know, maybe you put Horford on the bench and you start Grant Williams at the four and Robert Williams at the five. And, you know, the NBA goes small anyways. You're going to have some size on the bench. Suddenly the Celtics have, you know, a lot of depth there. And that's what adding Malcolm Brogdon really brings. You can bring Marcus Smart off the bench or Brogdon, whoever starts. Um, Peyton Pritchard, really great underrated point guard I you know I, I expect him to continue to improve and then the Celtics also added Danilo Gallinari this offseason one of the more underrated offensive players in the NBA I'm not sure he's going to help a lot on defense but in those you know dog days of the regular season when players are just going through the motions um, Gallinari is going to be huge to have he's going to make the difference between them being you know a a 
50 win team and a 55 60 win team Gallinari is that good um, and just being a role player coming off the bench and keeping keeping the rhythm going for the Celtics um, you know I, I think this team has to be the favorite going in just because they're so young you know they need to stay healthy the Warriors are still going to be a threat um, the Warriors have some young guys they have a great G League team um, I if I had to predict right now, I would say it would be those two teams facing off in the finals. Um, obviously, the Eastern Conference is very difficult. The Celtics still have to get through Milwaukee. Um, they didn't have to face Chris Middleton, but adding Malcolm Brogdon, adding Danilo Gallinari might have given the Celtics the edge against the Bucks with Middleton. Um, I really think they're going to be tough to beat. Miami's always going to be tough just because, you know, they're so well coached, and Jimmy Butler is just a dog. Um, and, uh, who the hell knows what's going to happen with Brooklyn? Uh, you know, Brooklyn can just say no to Durant too. By the way, I don't, I don't understand this. Like they have to trade Durant, they have to trade Kyrie. Uh, you know, if the Celtics can somehow bring in Durant and get rid of only one of those four players I mentioned, then they're they're easily the favorite. But I don't think they're going to do that. I know Brooklyn wants to get a sweetheart deal, and they're just not going to get it. Um, so, really, I think the Celtics are the favorite, but it's, it's you know, a seven-game series against the Warriors right now. And maybe the Celtics should pull that trigger for Durant if they can, you know, only get rid of one of those guys and have to give up, like, four first-round picks. Then, you know, great. Go for it. Uh, moving on, uh, last but not least, update from uh, Patriots training camp. Uh, things are looking a little bit rocky. Um, you know, after week one, it was very promising. Uh, Devontae Parker... Clearly the number one guy really showing flashes as, as he did in Miami um, before, you know, Waddle was there and obviously now Tyreek Hill. Uh, Devontae Parker looks great. He's going to be a great fit. He's going to do all the things they wanted Nikhil Harry to do. He's going to be able to do that on day one to be their number one guy. Um, Tyquan Thornton, you know, without pads, very fast, good hands. Uh, I don't care about his small wrists. Uh you know, and and you know, we all know how well coached the Patriots are. Mac Jones, uh, you know, going to take a leap, leap in year two. One of the smartest quarterbacks already in the NFL. Um, calling audibles at the line as a rookie in training camp, uh, competing against Cam Newton. Things were looking great a week ago. Now here we are, the end of week two. They put on the pads, and they don't look so good. Uh, so. Uh, be sure to check out um, this article on on my Substack, breakingbrad.substack.com. Um, basically, what happened this week is the offense just struggled series after series, especially with the ones on the field. And some of that has to do with the defense. Um, you know, uh, uh, Devon Godshaw has just been killing it. Christian Barmore getting through that offensive line and sacking Mac Jones all the time. Uh, the defense is just so much better than we were expecting, especially after last year against the Buffalo Bills. You know, the Patriots lost J.C. Jackson, but they really built up some depth at the DB positions. Terrence Mitchell looks to be the, the number one or number two guy opposite Jalen Mills. Uh, Malcolm Butler, probably going to be more of a, a red zone heavy uh, corner. Um, and But they do really do have a ton of depth at that position. I'm really not that worried about the defense, which sounds nuts after last season, but they really look good. But the offense, on the other hand, just a complete mess right now. Um, so basically, the Patriots, for the last two decades, have been running this, you know, uh, uh, Tom Brady-esque, West Coast-style call audibles at the line um, based on the defense. Sometimes slow things down. Um, you know, quick, 
quick releases, quick slants, all of that stuff. Uh, uh, they've been running that type of offense for 20 years, and that's what Mac Jones basically ran last year and did a very good job because Jones is so smart and he was such a, you know, a such a good rookie going in in terms of you know developing that chemistry understanding the playbook understanding the defense he really stepped in on day one and did a great job but now they want to mix it up into more of a you know Kyle Shanahan uh now Sean McVay style you know fast-paced offense crossing routes players going deep uh, a lot of you know not as many audibles at the line and you know maybe that'll change a little but Mac Jones is really struggling with that because he's not getting the same protection that he had last year. And you have to remember, Matt Patricia was named the offensive line coach like two or three weeks ago, and he's basically become the de facto offensive coordinator. He's the one calling the plays, which means the offensive line is not getting the coaching that they had in years past. And Dante Scarnecchia is not walking through that door anymore. So you basically, it's all up to assistant Billy Yates to coach that offensive line and help them develop into a new offense. And they're just struggling. Uh, Cole Strange, who they drafted in the first round, um, just getting beat one-on-one all the time hasn't made up for the departure of, you know, Shaq Mason and Ted Karras. Um, you know, we're seeing better performances out of Isaiah Wynn, uh, or, or, or rather David Andrews and Justin Harone, but not good performances out of Isaiah Wynn, rather, and Michael Owenu, who are also getting beat one-on-one all the time. And that's because they're trying to pick up this new offense. And, you know, you have Christian Barmore, who's just killing it right now, and Mac Jones keeps getting sacked, and he doesn't have enough time to get rid of the football. And even though this receiving core looks a lot more promising than, you know, years past, you know, they have a lot of depth. If You know, Devontae Parker is going to be great, I really think. Um, if Tyquan Thornton can become somewhat of a vertical threat, then they're really great. And then you add the depth of Jacoby Myers, um, who's, who's kind of a slight step down from Edelman, but same style receiver. You expect Aguilar um, to have a, a better year than last year. And then the two tight ends of... Hunter Henry, who had a great year, and uh, um, sorry, the name's slipping. For, uh, John o. Smith, uh, you, you, you know, he's not as good of a year as you wanted, but you expect him to improve this year. Uh, but Mac Jones just doesn't have the time, and he's running a different offense. He needs he needs more time for that offensive line uh, to, to to buy that time for him and get those down the field throws, and it's just not happening. So you know, right now. You know, it's it's very possible that everything falls into place by the regular season, and we'll look back on training camp and say, okay, those were rocky days. It was a necessary transition, or maybe you know, Belichick and Matt Patricia get together and say, all right, let's throw out this offense. You know, maybe we can take elements of it, but go back to what we did in the past. Uh, but right now, you know, the with the offense switching things up, you know, a new coaching staff with Matt Patricia um, calling the plays and uh, a Joe Judge coaching the quarterbacks, and, and a really small coaching staff, too, that has to work overtime. Um, and an offseason now that's just been filled with question marks, drafting Cole Strange in the first round, not really making any big splashes like they did last year beyond maybe Devontae Parker. There's a lot of dissatisfaction there, and Belichick is taking a lot of risks. And we know that Robert Kraft put him on notice this offseason expecting, you know, this. we want this to be a Super Bowl contending team. And right now it's looking like maybe this is a bridge year. Maybe this is, you know, develop a new offense, wait until next, wait until 2023 when they have a little bit more cap space um, and, and then go for it all then. But right now, you know, this was a, a 
what a nine and eight team last year or ten and six or, or ten and seven yeah the ten and seven team last year um it's hard to see them doing any better than that right now with the way uh the afc looks um again i could be wrong we're gonna you know the first preseason game is in less than a week now and you know we're gonna see how this new offense uh shapes out but man it is not looking good right now and you know you take out you know the typical checkdowns, the dinks and dunks that Mac Jones um, doesn't hesitate to throw, they really are not doing that much offensively at training camp. So um, hopefully things get a little bit better. Uh, you know, week three is, is a better session in training camp. Uh, I, I believe they play the Giants at Gillette um, next week, and then uh, the Carolina Panthers are coming to town uh, for a joint practice. Uh, but, you know, right now, defense looks vastly better than they did last year um uh there's a uh, mcgrone who uh the linebacker um who was injured all last year that they drafted i think he's going to be a real contributor um I, I really wouldn't worry as much about the defense as we did um in in february but you know with the offense you know with all this this change turnover at the coaching positions and Matt Patricia, he's a defensive guy. Now he's calling the plays, and they're trying to run a Kyle Shanahan offense instead of doing what they've done well for two decades. I hope it works out, but as of right now, I'm very skeptical. Uh, so that's it for this edition of Breaking Bread.